Hello and welcome to Veterans Voices episode 7. Today we're joined by the Managing Director of APA and Bitimo, Rebecca from SOS and Gaz and Craig from Families for Veterans. We discuss some of the problems with the current resettlement programmes and what we hope to achieve going forward. Craig tells the story of his recent failed interaction with the NHS crisis team and some interesting information about pensions that doesn't seem to be widely known. There's a lot of swearing. Uh, it's a good, fun episode. Hope you enjoy listening. As, uh, how's your weekend going? Yeah, not too bad at the moment. I've got my mum here, so she's down from Edinburgh for a couple of days. So. Well, I've got to go through it. I've got to go through Edinburgh on Monday. <laughs> I don't know what Craig's doing. I don't know, mate. Well. I'm, I'm going to take a guess, but he's got something going on outside a camera shot. <laughs> a bit early yet, but see who else joins in. Craig, can you hear us? <laughs> Craig. <laughs> I really shouldn't be doing that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that um, social experiment thing. Did you see the video I put up this morning? Did you? I have. I have. I have literally. I was. I was out with the canine. All right. And uh, messed up, and it was like, now nah, I know there's something. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, what? Oh shit! <laughs> All right. <laughs> About face. Get back. Um. And and so yeah, I've managed to. Kind of get in and pull up. I can rest. You not have any hustle joining, no? Um, I've sent a message out to our CEO. She was with clients um this afternoon, so I'm hoping that she's going to be able to link in. Oh right. Um, yeah. and I've put a share out um to to the professional. Yeah. But Saturday for our members is yeah. chock a block. Yeah. And and that's. Yeah. I mean, I, I put a post up ages ago. You know. If, if, there'd be enough people to do it during the week one night. Mm. There was one vote, I think. So we just said, right, we'll keep it Saturdays, five o'clock. Everybody knows it's then. If you can join, you can join. If you can't, you can't. But it's on record yeah. anyway, so oh, there he is. He's woken up. Yep, I'm always awake. How you doing, fella? <laughs> I'm bored waiting. I've been waiting 15 minutes to get in. Yeah, so that's Craig, Dave. That's me oppo. How you doing, fella? He, he's the man that you need to speak to because he's the one that's in charge of the crisis team. Right, then. Well, Appa... The which side is it? It's that side. Um, we hold the highest accreditation level in the UK for counsellors and psychotherapists. That's not just me saying that, that'd be like <laughs> we got the best ones out of the bunch. Um, that's what two of the therapeutic sector insurers so. Our professions are accredited not just on their qualifications, where everybody else kind of does already, and they leave, you know, pay your money, show them you got to get out the floor. What APA does, unique in UK, and we know only one other, and that is a verbal peer assessment of those. So those professionals get accredited based on their self-awareness, capacity to engage with the person which we know is exactly what is needed by the person in front of them. Yeah. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit what piece of paperwork they've got. They want to know that they're going to be able to trust, understand them, the person. So we have, so the insurance sector, uh, the two of the largest sector insurers, they give our members a dedicated disc because they, we have got veterans that have gone on as the old members. About, I was just about to ask you that because it's come up in the past quite a few times that veterans don't want to speak to civilian counters because they don't understand the lingo. Yeah, if you've got veterans on board, that's just ticking all the boxes, basically. Yeah, so we've we've got we've got a few actually um, from different kind of um, disciplines. So we've got someone from the the. I mean, I, I put them into the same category. I know I probably 
but I've got the Fly Boys and from from their um, nursing in there as well. I've got um, I've got British Army um, vets. I've got a couple that are um, LGBT proficient as well, as well as military experience and LGBT. So all of the, those kind of dynamics, you know, we've got covered with several people within the, the organization. But we've also got professionals that have gone on and done. Now, we know that all of the parameters around veteran engaging with their civilian and for that reason we have the ethical framework that we operate but with the military veteran we know we're going into shadow and so wherever we can we would direct those veterans that have got that under yeah, yeah. it's not just about the lingo it's also about potential disclosure that have to within the remits veteran and they live by it yeah, yeah. people forget you know, we we have to understand that as for those veterans, because the therapeutic arena does have supervision of those. It does have, you know, ethic. There is extra conscience around that. And we are my will not at any point on, let's say, um, those operational experience. I think that's probably the, the easiest way to kind of batch it. Yeah, um, it comes tricky with veterans is it's the, the combat uh from um things like that like and like you have touched upon you know we all sign the official secrets act and, and there's certain things which shouldn't be mentioned outside and people forget that when working with veterans that potentially the there is that leak of information there which like as you yeah. said, needs to be contained yeah um, so so we have the veterans that have also signed the official act so they are contained as well when it comes to disclosures of risk of harm self or or to others our ethical framework acknowledges that those veterans and those professionals working with veterans are in a different arena and they have contained in but they also have to be protected and because we have that because we have that understanding it means that they're protected do you know what i mean the, the, but also the veteran that's reaching out knows that the support system that that professional's got has got that protection as well. Uh, how, so, how far are you spread across the UK at the moment? We've got members much. I mean, online we can do pretty. Yeah, I mean, most things are done online these days anyway. Yeah. Um, and always handy to know if you've got somebody local that you can literally reach out to. Yeah, so we've the when it comes to um, OSA proficient, we've got two that spring to mind straight off. One in um lincolnshire and one in oh, no, no well north northeast that's pretty heavily covered at the moment lincoln one of the dead zones north yeah. that's another dead zone there's actually i mean I, i'm just on the border of lincolnshire um and the help down here is non-existent and yet and, this is a very large veteran community lincolnshire yeah. Nottingham. Yeah. we've got a lot of infantry regiments recruited from the area uh and they and they come home things like that you know and and this is this is where that program kicks into its own because because we've understood what that challenge what we did look at what's what's the building blocks that just aren't being in that transition and Bitimo was born from putting those building blocks back in so Bitimo stands for bag it tag it and it's designed to go I've put my papers in I am going to be phased out of 
I am going to be phased out of home. I am be phased out of social. I am phased out of all of it over the next nine. T- but I'm not going to get any kind of input to replace those things that are going to be taken. I know that. I know that I'm shit, but I still want out. So Bitimo was designed to kick in at that point and the aim to support that transition phase before exit. Now, uh, out of glorious... Just Sorry? Just button in quick. Out of interest, how many actually serving soldiers are aware of this programme? Well, this is where our delightful ministry decides that actually we don't need to do anything for the, the um, that transition phase because anyone who served gets credits towards their ongoing training to ex what that training doesn't is put the psychological building back in and Paul, Paul was on about that Paul Watson he was on a couple of weeks ago um he's uh, he's an independent politician down in Manchester way mm-hmm. he also's headed up the ex forces union right he is fighting like hell at the moment in big places to get this transition sorted out because like you said it takes 6 months to train a soldier up Where's the descaling of it? There isn't any. You've also got the, the issue that if the MOD don't recognise you, they weren't allowed to put that in place free demobbing. Yeah. yeah. So we launched, you know, we're, as a company, we are four years old. Bitimo is four and a half years old as a programme, right? Yeah. So we've had all of the excuses of we don't need it. We've got all of the training programmes, all of the vocational credits, everything else. And if somebody collapses from a mental health, we've already assessed that they don't have a, medif- uh, a mental health issue and they leave. Therefore, it's not our problem if they collapse after they leave, right? Uh, you know, and I know, and everyone that's got half of a brain cell, including Baldrick, knows that's bo- So we can't get through that hurdle, right? We're not going to get this built in to that transition so we've had to over the last couple of work out how can we get this in at the point because that's the best point but it can be delivered long after the psychological building or positive that's it so what we've come up with approach that goes employers and bodies of business and chambers and say look you guys want to recruit from the ex-military the transition for those ex-service personnel to have confidence in applying for work if they don't you know if they've already been through reject reject they're not they they stop applying and they don't know where the employers are that are actually got the know-how of how to work with someone that's a veteran yeah so what we did was kind of did a bit of a rejig with bitimo and he had and gone right what we couldn't do when it was going to be a military delivery program is bring the family or the person of significance into them. Yeah. But they are the best person to be in that support. So they learn the tricks and tips in order to be able to spot things when they're going wrong. Right. We're like so many times, family members, you know, what help is there for the family members? We're the ones that deal with it all the time. Yeah. So Bitimo is globally the only program that has former service personnel and their person of significant in the same learning. There's no pissing contest. I don't give a shit how long somebody's been in the service. I don't give a shit what they did when they were in there. What I give a shit about is how are they going to cope tomorrow? Yeah. That's it. So we don't talk about what anybody did because there is no pissing. 
right? What I want to know, how do people interact and do they have the skills to be able to understand interaction? If you can break down the component parts of how an interaction works, you can focus on those parts that get you the best interaction. And if you get the best interaction, you get the best outcome, right? Yeah. Part two is looking at the difference between reactions and responses. And if you can support a spouse or a friend or a partner or a sibling or a parent, to understand the difference between a reaction and a response, then we can get service personnel away from the reactive mindset that they are taught and into a response mindset that's going to get them through whatever shit comes. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of... I actually think they're going backwards in the support that service leavers get. I mean, I'm going back to when I came out in 1993. Um, Ex-service members were classed as priority housing. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually got a house within three days of coming out of the forces, you know, but now with the system, all this bidding system and, you know, they're at the bottom of the ladder. They've got no chance of getting housing within six months a year. Yeah. You know, so one of the th- backwards with that. Yeah. And this this is why Bitimo really does kind of come into its own in leaping. And I think it's what scares them. the ministry is that if this gets support from the corporate arena, and they start sponsoring seats so that veterans can go through this program, then it's going to embarrass them. A lot, a lot of things. I mean, yeah. like, you, you've been on the VetNet, you've seen Operation Code Red. Yeah. They're relaunching bloody um, Veterans Gateway next year. It's supposed to be all new, fandangled, everything in. The system's broken with Veterans Gateway. Yeah. I mean, what they, what... they'll, they'll never admit it because they've spent one and a half million getting it all set up. Yeah. And one of the things that we look at that, that is psychological reframing. They've taken a shit picture and put a new frame on it and tried to tell people that it's a new picture, right? It's still a shit picture, yeah. right? Don't matter how much you pay for the fucking frame, right? The Mona Lisa is in a, in a $9 million frame, right? If you put it in a fucking clipless frame from the pound shop, it's still the fucking Mona Lisa, yeah. right? But what, you know, this this is where Bitimo kind of builds bridges because you have employers that sponsor the seat so that the veteran doesn't have to pay. Yeah. Right. The employers can be in that room as they're going through those core skills and they can make recruitment selection based on what they see from those veterans and how they engage. What what sort of industry are you sort of looking at them for that? Sorry? What sort of industries are you looking at for that? Is it just across if, the board? If an, imp- if an employer wants to recruit specifically from the, the, the green light or the blue light arenas, then they can sponsor a seat. Right, got you. Right? So if you've got Ford, right? Ford have made fucking shitloads of bullshit comments about recruiting from ex-military community. What they do is go send us your CVs. And then they go through a standard recruitment process and they'll bring a load of people on and then they'll go, well, it's not working because of the pressures and they're not coping with this and they're not coping with it because the company doesn't know how to engage. And then people leave and people go, well, Ford is shit at recruiting, <laughs> actually yeah. maintaining that recruitment, yeah. right? Which is where Bitimo, by having those industry professions in the room, they are also learning those skills. Makes a lot of sense. And if they understand the core skills, when they select somebody out of that room to go for an interview, 
they've already got the core skills themselves. So the engagement goes up. And this is where yeah, APA is, is working to, to drive that corporate sponsorship. Yeah. Because by using corporate sponsorship, it sends a message to the veteran. Actually, these people want to. Yeah. So how, how much uh, do your members pay for accreditation? So the qualified accredited, so the um, counsellors, psychotherapists, they pay £104 a year, £12 a month, right? Yeah. It's next to nothing for people that pay £5, £4 an hour, right? Yeah. Um, but we also have a category of membership for non-qualified professionals. Okay? So this is social workers, educators, law enforcement, teachers, anyone who is working with psychology, and they will pay less than £100 a year, right? But what they get, and this is where kind of community leaders, everyone else, they get the same level of support as the qualified professional. So they get all of the same benefits. They get two hours of mentoring some qualified therapy. That's qualified to supervise. So you get all of those tidbits around the psychological understanding to back up what they're doing on it. And they get the dedicated indemnity insurance. And if you've got an, an independent family support work working with veterans, then they will have to have their own indemnity. Or if they've got psychological psychological accreditation behind, that's going to reduce their indemnity without reducing the cover. I mean, the, the whole package of support is, it hasn't been done in the year. And to have a program on the e learning plan, if you have served, it's irrelevant how long. It is irrelevant how you serve. You and your person needs to have some keys. And that's where we're, we're working. So I, I think I actually touch on Bitimo probably about seven times a day in some way, shape or for some corporate. <laughs> and what they all say is, is the military supporting? Because they still understand that the military, as in MOD, has a role to play in it. They don't. Once you've signed the dotted line, that's it. Bye bye. You're no longer yeah. interested. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we found out uh, the other week uh, there are serving officers that are using our platform to source information, but they're not allowed to share it. But they're not allowed to share it or mention it anywhere mm -hmm. because we're not MOD approved. Yeah, and it, this is exactly the same conversation that we had with one of the. Um, God, what was his name? I can't remember his name now, but he, oh, he was the he was the admiral um, at Whitehall who was the liaison for all military education in 2019, <laughs> who basically said, you are going to embarrass them. And if you want them to be involved, then you need to have the veterans flooding in, demanding the, the support to to access like to and we're not going to get that because we can't go to those that are in that 12 month period of of notice yeah. so they go if you can do this then we can help you but we're not going to let you do this so it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah and it's i mean it's it's a barrier we've been hitting for years um and you've even got you know uh, veterans in parliament who will not acknowledge because if they acknowledge, then the MOD has got to acknowledge, and the MOD is not going to let them acknowledge, so they can't. And, you know, and it's, it's, it's this a made a corrupt kind of pathway is, and and it is a mis misrepresentation, and it's a, a real. It is in my mind, and I um, I'm just one person, right? I've designed Bitimo 
I got it supported by the all, built it, adapted it, flexed it, done absolutely everything to make sure. Familiar. And when we as an organization sat down and looked at the, the presentation slides and went through absolutely everything, built in all of the psychological components, what we started to be a training presentation from the, the ministry is we will prepare you for every job you have to do. Well, uh, Re Rebecca's just joined. She Hello, sorry, obviously. SOS, her and her husband, Peter. Hi, Rebecca. Hiya. Sorry, I was dealing with a dead rabbit. There. Well, no, duh. <laughs> rabbit stew tomorrow, then. Oh, don't. I've got to tell him yet. <laughs> what, the rabbit? <laughs> yeah. No, don't. It's one, it's one of my, my autistic little boy's pet rabbits so that's going to be meltdown central tonight anyway sorry just go and get another one oh, don't it works with a goldfish i don't think it works with a rabbit no, it won't. <laughs> oh shit i don't, I don't envy you with that right. I, I, I feel the pain with that and yeah. especially with with the additional needs thrown into yeah. that yeah that yeah there is a minefield somewhere else if you want to go and practice yeah don't yeah anyway um, right that what I'm I'm squinting because I ain't got my glasses on. What does that read? And so A and A psychological accreditation. Okay. A and A is what well, it's an ancient word. It's been around in different civilizations, but it always the same. It's torchbearer, maverick, bringer of chain. Um, mm -hmm. All of the people that went into the the ancient pyramids. Yeah. The people at the very front, they were A and Aers. So. It perfectly fitted for what we wanted to do in the world. Um, yeah. And I did very nicely with our motto as well. Mutandis, mutandis. Once the necessary changes have been made. Yeah, just... that, that ties into the, the tagline for, for the Bitimo programme. Yeah, that's what I mean. Nothing improves by staying the same. Which is what we've been fighting for all this time. Yeah. Like the post that I did the other day with the poll. And that's your constant, what you see every frigging weekend on Facebook. A veteran cries out. I mean, you tagged me in the post the other day, Becca. Yeah. It was on Opposar, I think it was, some bloke. Yeah. I put the first comment on there. Here's a link. If you need it, press any of the buttons. I'll hold the number for you. And you've got about 20 comments after that. All say, oh, yeah. oh, Zappa. No link. Yeah, RBL. Yeah. Oh, Yep. Yeah, we had we had the conversation earlier in the week, Gary, when when you you kind of put out what what is this, yeah. uh, and this is this is where Apple's directory kind of we can put a directory up. I I would stand by any one of the professionals, but as I was saying before, um, we've got those members that are official secret acts. I mean, the only reason I, I was prime with you on them, because like you said, you put the link up. I'd never heard of them. And I was generally interested to see what it was that you did. So you're on here today. was good. So, And, you know, the, we want to be able to put meaningful and affect mental health at your, the fingertips of those. Right now. Yes. The members, private practitioners, they they will every single one of them will do a single session contact when someone's every single one right don't have any qualms about any of them in that if anybody needs something that that individual can't do they will know someone that they can get that yeah, ongoing support because she's still living on camp and her husband's still serving wow yeah maybe someone for you to talk to yeah I mean, it'll, it'll be phenomenal to be able to share what what Bitimo is and how it works.
but also to be able to kind of build in those potential sponsors, employers and, and corporate connections that are already reaching out and going, look, we want to support the, the military community because as an organization, we have the largest mental health footprint in the country for professionals. You know, we run programs for care leavers, justice leavers, military, domestic violence survivors, all of those different areas, the community learning platform has some, my, my kind of role is to kind of find that, do that recall and kind of go, right, who needs to know what we've got available? Because if we were to put it out, we'd be trying to advertise like Ford. Yeah. And that's exactly the same thing we are. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's just so shit. So it'd be great to connect to, to you, Rebecca, and yeah. kind of go through some, some of what, what Bitimo does. Yeah. And the... you know, I remember speaking to a woman a few years ago. What was her name? Uh, Beth Cresswell. And she know, was Beth. something along the line. She was trying to get a booklet together, wasn't she? Yeah. And, and this is, you know, there are so many professionals that understand the need and so few professionals that actually understand the walk across that bridge. And this is why APA was very, very clear right at the very beginning. If we are going to offer a program of support, a one-day workshop that shows the core building for that bridge, then we've got to have professionals who understand that journey themselves. And having veterans who have gone on and trained as counsellors and psychotherapy to be involved as members allows us to be able to say, right, we're going to put on you know, a Bitimo workshop on so-and-so, and these professionals are going to be available there and then. Because there is no point in doing this and opening up triggers if we haven't got the safety mechanism in place, yeah. you know, and I've seen so many counsellors and therapeutic professionals who have gone, I know, I want to help somebody that serves. And they invite everybody along and they open up the floodgates and they go, whoa, 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 I can't cope with that. <laughs> I've heard it first time. Uh, we partnered up with um, the group, I think they've shut down now, uh, Sports Businessmen's Club. And yeah. it's basically a network of like all professionals helping grassroots sports and organisation and funding and God knows what else. And one of them was a, a private practitioner. Like I said, he'd done two or three sessions, this guy. And it was like the fourth or fifth session he actually opened up. It was a veteran. He started going into like the reasons and everything else. And he had to cancel it because he didn't know what to do with him. He didn't know how to treat the veteran himself because he hadn't had that experience. So he yeah. didn't know how to treat him. So. Well, my military experience, I am very, very proud to say has been wiped off the record. <laughs> so I so just just to give you some background of kind of why, why did I come up with Bitty and I did not get. To, so in 1993. I was due to have my pre-selection medical and I'd spent the best part of 10 years getting to go in. Like most kids, right? I, that's all I was going to do. All the way through education. I am, I don't care, right? Um, four days before that medical was due, I got attacked in the street and I was unconscious. So I got a nice letter from Britannia College that said, thank you very much, but you failed to attend your medical, and therefore, <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't want you. Um, and obviously, you know, there was the whole thing about, you know, I was actually medically unfit, but the injuries that were caused in that attack meant I would never be able. So my kind of give back when I 
learnt my craft and I grew up and stopped trying to kill me. I was an idiot and went into death with trying to recover from, you know, everything taken in a heartbeat. Um, was to to work out what was what was missing. What was missing for me when I got that letter because it took somebody to burn that letter. So I, I went through all of that and my family is a predominantly naval serving family. So it was, you know, I was, I was going to fly gonna fly helicopter. That's all I was going to do. I was going to be a glorified taxi and postman. <laughs> but but I can understand, you know, I understood that. I appreciated that. But I also wanted to write a book. And I wrote a book in early 2000 that had to be sent to Thames House to be vetted. And the agreement was that if I was going to publish this, then my medi- my military connection had to be severed because I was basically calling Tony Blair and... You're not wrong, though. What's the problem? Well, no, but, you know, you know how politicians really don't like being made made fun of when actually you might be telling the truth. But all I can say is what I wrote was tagged by the American published as faction, and they couldn't decide which bit was fact and which bit... So this is one of the points I've been trying to get across. You're already voting saying, oh, the MOD do this, Johnny Mercer do this, they need to do this. At the end of the day, you don't fucking need them. There's enough organisations within the UK alone to solve all the bloody things. We all do different things. I mean, we've got the vet net, we've got a crisis team, you're doing that, you've got walking with a wounded, you've got SAFA, you've got RBL. If they all came together... Yes, don't, don't forget Rebecca, what Peter do is, you know, it's priceless, to, what yeah. they're able to do, you know, with, with outreach solutions and everything else. You know, there, there is the groundwork there the government to completely step away and just let people get on and, and sort it. Yeah, and and this is but doing this a is... good job. All these organisations exist, and yeah. all these big things that get released, all they're doing, they're just outsourcing to all the smaller organisations and saying, "Oh, we've helped so many veterans this year." When they yeah. have, they just outsourced them to the small organisations. And what what is happening, and, and we've seen this with a few people that have come through our doors kind of reached out for from APA is that the cherry picking of who gets help yeah. at what level they are experiencing is getting worse. And they are cherry picking and kind of tapping themselves on the back for helping those that in, you know, even 10 years ago, they would have helped themselves and they wouldn't have reached out. And the people that are actually struggling and the families that are trying to pick up the pieces of not understanding how to maintain that communication are the ones that are being, well, we can't help you. We can't help you because if we help you and we fail, then we're not going to get the funding next year. Yeah, I mean, there are organisations that, I mean, unfortunately, um, a lot of the, the, the more severe cases of the military always come with a crush. Whether that be alcohol, drug, um, even food, yeah, you know, people abuse food and things like that. So you need to uh, you need to treat the the addiction that's come along and to help with their PTSD. Yeah. But because the big named organisation will not treat dual diagnosis, and that dual diagnosis scenario is because the transition system didn't put the support mechanisms and the coping strategies in before the need to self-regulate and self-cope. So, and, th- and this is why Bitimo was designed to go in before the exit 
because if we can get in at that point, even if it's done as a corporate entity, but it's open to those that are already going through the transition, then we can actually put building blocks in place that are going to support that person of significance and the person that's about to come out. Do the military still publish? They used to publish a, a report, didn't they, of all the service leavers coming up in the in the following year? I haven't, I haven't seen it because, one, I don't want to get it, my own mindset into, oh, we can target these people. You've got to because, what you do, and that's it. Yeah, because if we start going, right, let's target directly those people, they will psychologically take it, they will receive that as, you're telling me I'm going to break down. You're no, telling me I'm, I, I need this. A lot of organisations look used to look at that list and employ before that actually left. I mean, I've got a really good friend that uh, nearly 12 months before it was coming out was approached by the fire service mm -hmm. and actually got leave to end his service 12 months early to join the service. Yeah, and I know that the transition option allows for that if employment is secured. That resettlement period, isn't it? Yeah. And the difference between what we're doing and what employers are is as soon as you mention mental health to somebody that's in that resettlement period, if they haven't already worked that out for themselves, it's a bit like going to an addict and saying, you need to come to this program because you're drinking. And the addict's going, hold on. Addicts go to meetings. I'm a drunk. I go to parties. You're coming in telling me I've got to go and do something. No. The whole point of me leaving this bunch is so you don't tell me what I need to do and what I don't need. So we have to be a lot kind of a lot more soft in the kind of engagement rather than trying to target the engagement. And that's why we've gone to the corporate sector to say, look, you guys want to recruit from this area. The challenges that you report as having to deal with from this area, interaction skills don't fit for, for the civilian arena personalities are reactive and we can't cope with that in in the workplace the the engagement of what to do when things go wrong isn't built in these fact these hurdles that employers have are what leads to veterans being unemployed after that resettlement so if we can give the employers the skill sets to understand those key elements and we can the veteran and their spouse and their part their person of those skill sets then we can bridge that gap it makes it cheaper for the employers to recruit and to select because you get six recruiters that sponsor a bunch of seats run the program they're in there they can select from everybody that's in the room they don't have to wait for cvs and stuff they can literally go at the end of the day i want to speak to that guy i want to speak to her i want to speak and they can then do their recruitment from that point because they've already built the relation with that group of. So, so, so you, you know what you're going on about is well, is, is re-educating employers into understanding uh, the the mindset of somebody that potentially is coming from service. That's that's part B of the of the operation. But if if you think about understanding, you know, when we looked at the. Um, the justice sector and the number of ex-service personnel that are currently residing in an HMJ hotel. Near enough, all of those 
that have been sentenced have been sentenced for a reactionary crime. They've they've tried they've done what they've been trained to do in about 65 percent of those cases. They've done what they were trained to do, but they've done it in a civilian arena. If they'd done it on a base, they would have been given a slap on the wrist and the person that they smacked would have been told, don't be an idiot. But because we don't re realign the response mindset, we end up with people remaining reactive. I, I had a good conversation the other day with some guy as well, very similar to this. Now, what I didn't realise as well, he, he's actually dealing with a serving soldier at the moment, cocaine addiction, he said. That's one of the biggest problems they've got in the military at the moment is cocaine addiction. So what they do, obviously they're taking it for a reason, but they get booted out for drug misuse, not for <laughs> mental health issues. So once they get out, then they've got, a, oh shit, I've got PTSD. They've got to go through the whole process of trying to get established as PTSD before they're going to get any help. There's nowhere in the UK, because he said to me, there's nowhere in the UK that drills with addiction. So I said, well, you've got Tom Harrison House. He says, no, we've tried them. It's 12 grand per veteran to treat them. They're a small CIC. Where are they going to get 12 grand to help a veteran go through this programme? And this this is where the, the civilian understanding of military environment breaks down. The understanding around addiction is already at probably an all-time low on a psychological level. So... We deal predominantly in the UK with addiction as a criminal act. We do not deal with it as a health act and we do not deal with it as a coping. But when we look at what is successful, and there are two um, two organisations that come to mind, but neither they both deal with addiction as a health issue that is rooted in a coping strat. And when you approach it from that angle, Crossroads in the Caribbean, which is Eric Clapton Hospital, is is one place. And the other place is one of our members who operates in Brazil. Yeah, I thought they would have both been in the States, to be honest. Yeah, same here. I thought, I thought you were going to say in the States. Yeah. The US still operates off of it's a criminal act first. You look at the success of Scotland's drug relation with law enforcement. <laughs> They switched it from criminal to health. Uh, which makes me laugh. I, like I said, I've got my mum here today, well, for a couple of days from Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. She said it is an absolute joke up there. A, if you're under 25, you can't be jailed. They've now got... What? Yeah. If you're under 25, you cannot be jailed. It's, but, it's but a you, joke. You're allowed to vote at 16 because you know what you're doing. But the, the, there's a number now going around. If you're a drug addict, if you're in the pub having a pint and a fag or whatever... You call this number up, a taxi will come to the pub, will pick you up, will take you to a private clinic to get your heroin shot, and then it, the taxi will take you to wherever you want to go, not back to the pub, wherever you want to go at taxpayers' cost. as a kite. Yeah, at taxpayers' cost. Nah. <laughs> as much as I know that that is complete reality, that is what has been rolled on. The reason that's rolled on is... When the, the switch to it's not a criminal act was not contained. And that's the problem in the UK is we do not go, here is the system. And it, it's very much a military mindset, isn't it? It's here is the system. It goes from here to here to here to here. And then it stops. And you do not go past this until certain have been backed up and are in place. You cannot go for any further. Civilians don't have that. No. They, it's like, oh, no, we can go over there now. <laughs> See ya. Bye. <laughs> and off they go. 
And then they get there and go, oh, shit, how the fuck did we get in this mess? See, and, I, and looked, I read about that, that thing, Gary, but I didn't realise they'd rolled it out. It was a trial. In one certain town in Scotland, they had a trial. They had their 11, top 11 heroin addicts who were responsible for all the crime. And they'd done a trial for 12 months where they gave them legal heroin. They used to take them daily and mm. give it give it to them. And they said, I think there was actually only two who re-offended after 12, and they said the crime rates went right down, the burglaries went right down, yeah, not but I didn't realise that they rolled it right out. Yeah, but that's also, that's also telling the young kids who aren't into heroin and cocaine yet, yeah, yeah. it's become an addict because we were yeah. old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know, it's messed up, isn't it? And and this, this is where we've got rights over responsibility and all of the social breakdown from that, and you've got a group of, and I don't, I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head what the, the exit numbers from UK military and blue light services are every year, but it's going up. Oh, yeah. So you've got more and more people coming into civilian environment that have not been prepared for what that is. But also the, the other thing that we discovered is the vast majority of people coming out do not realise that on the day that they leave, the financial institutions reset the, the credit rating for those households. <laughs> so the rug that you've built up on, on with the financial system while a family has been serving, and I do recognise that it's a family that's, that's gone on day one of... No longer, and that re that readjusts things like mortgage rates, interest rate, everything else becomes a completely new ball game. When I come out, I I had me HGV took off because nobody had told me because I was only seventeen when I done my HGV, so I was underage for UK law on the road. Mm -hmm. But upon leaving service, I had to register the DVLA my license, but nobody told me that. And the, these are the things we go, you know, we're going to, I said it before, we're going to train you for everything that you are going to need to do as a sub person. The moment you say, that's it, I don't want to do that, we're not going to train you for shit. And your family is going to have to cope. Good luck. And this is where Bitimo really does kind of come into its own because it gives the family that kind of core building block of kind of psychological awareness, resilience, and empowerment. Mm. That's ultimately what we're doing for those families. And what we're doing for the business community is going, you've got an opportunity to upskill those that have served, build the relationship so you get a smoother transition. Into and it, it all makes sense. Uh, you know, we're both sat on the same fence here and both got the same battle ahead of us. In uh, A, you've got to try and win the government over. B, you've got to try and win the MOD over. And, and like you say, neither are letting you in. Or yeah. they've set the goalposts so far that you can't reach them. Or, We've had or the goalposts. Oh, sorry. Do they tell me that you need a DIO licence to be able to do anything on camp? DIO license is thousands of pounds. We're a self-funding self CIC hmm. who we, we can't even raise £800 to get our van fixed that we use to pick up all the food to do our food parcels every week. So there's no way we can afford a DIO license. Yeah. And if we want to rent a room on camp to put an event on, even a mental health day, we've got to pay for that room. We've got to pay for the rent on that room for a whole year. Yeah. I mean, we were invited to Aldershot to deliver... Uh, not to uh, Catrick, um, to deliver a showcase of Bitty. 
and we weren't we weren't invited by the military we were invited by the housing association <laughs> right and we had we had veterans there that had served as far back as 80 well, as got... well as those that literally in in the in the housing block that we and they came away the end of the day and we thought it had gone really well right we you know we, we'd done a really good showcase we'd given the core skills everything else everyone was happy and there was a guide there who kind of hung around after and we after a few minutes we're kind of thinking okay maybe the, we've we've got a trigger going on and we need to do more work this guy came came back into the room been hanging around outside for sort of 10 minutes by this and he had tears in his and I was like, what's up? This guy had served um, on HMS Fit. If I'd had it in 1983, I wouldn't have lost my family. And we're all the time if people knew about the vet net beforehand, because it's opened so many eyes now. And like I said, we've been shouting and shouting and shouting. It's just fallen on deaf ears. But yeah. as soon as they see what it is, how useful it is, it just clings. Yeah. And this is this is why I think the kind of the media negative presentation of the the challenge for veterans because it's always a challenge veterans are all broken they're all fucking yeah. causing cause problems that the veterans can't cope with the the real world da, 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 da. it's all bollocks but it's good press it's the fact i mean it's good press soldier and to kill that cannot be untrained so it alters the way ex-military think the way they process a problem you know, because we're trained to process it in a certain way. Yeah. You know, and you can't untrain that. It just becomes part of who you are. Yeah. And this is about learning and developing and evolving to have that skill set, because it is a skill set, but to use it in a way that is positive for your here and now. Right. So, Dave, like, if I ask you then, so I've if we've got a veteran who wants to go into employment, he's just left, if I put him in touch with you, what would you do for him? Okay, so first off, we would go through a an eval and and make sure that he's with one of the therapeutic professionals that has already signed the F number mm-hmm. one. That means he's got somebody that he's got contact with who understands the veteran. Right. Step one. Step two, we would look at taking him through the Bitimo program, which is one day, six elements, core skills that that person and their person. And those core skills, we're looking at things like how does an interaction, how do you interact with the people around you? And what are the things that we can focus that's going to make every interaction work? For mm-hmm. Now, there are five generic components of interaction. And if you know what they are, then the military mindset kicks in and goes, I need to hit all five of these and I need to hit them at 80. Because once you do that, then you start to actually engage with the person that you're talking to or you're being interviewed by in a completely different way. We look at reactions and responses and making sure that that individual and their person of significance. And I, I don't like calling, yeah, putting everybody into that category. It's the, it is the easiest way of kind of going there. A spouse, it could be a sibling, it could be a parent. No, don't do not do not use the term dependent because I fucking hate that. <laughs> that it could be a partner. Go wrong with better off. Per, person of significance. Yeah. Right. Their person of significance. Is, um, it fucking winds me up on this camp when they call me a dependent because I'm like, I don't fucking depend on my husband for nothing, thank you. Stand on my own two feet. <laughs> yeah. 
and and again that shows the military kind of self-positioning yeah yeah it's the dependent they're dependent on us giving them stuff fuck off yeah have a fucking shave put the fucking victorian moustache back in the box um the the whole kind of understanding of the support that is between those two people without there being a pissing is is what makes the difference but also bring enhancing the communication between those two people because of those so when a partner see a partner slide downward invariably they don't know how to put the brakes on they see it happening and it's it's like watching a train wreck you know it's going to happen you can't stop it yeah what bitimo does is give you at least five contact points that you can go hold on are you what you're what you're telling me or what I am understanding is A, B, and C. But they might be trying to tell you X, Y, and Z. And because you're getting A, B, and C, they're saying X, Y, and Z. No one's actually understanding what the situation is. And by giving these tips and tricks, we're able to go, actually, no, I'm this is, I'm giving X, Y, and Z. And it's like, right, okay, if it's X, Y, and Z, I know what we but if I only think that you're telling me A, B, and C, I can't put the right things in place. I can't, we can't stop this. And it just builds up that kind of calm communication without ever going, hey guys, Bitimo is a mental health program. Mm-hmm. Bitimo is a transition program and it supports effective transition with positive. So where do, that, where do they go for that? Is it delivered in person? Is it online? So, well, the aim at the minute, this is this is a program that is is four years, four and a half years since we designed it. We are trying to get corporate sponsors who back it free for those that, that was going to be my next question how much how is it accessed and how how is it paid okay. so so what we what we're working to get is have corporate sponsors that literally they can choose i'm going to sponsor three seats i'm not paying for a whole event because most companies can't afford that mm-hmm. but they can sponsor three four seats right and it costs them a couple of hundred quid but if you've got six or seven companies in an area that are sponsoring four or five seats three, four seats, whatever, you can get a large number of veterans in that room. And APA sponsors the seat for the person of security. So we will match the sponsorship value, right? The idea is to have that in a room, face-to-face, effective. So where do, where do you get the money from to pay? Sorry if it's too much. Where do you get the money from to pay for that seat for the significant other? Through our membership. Right, okay. What that so basically your counsellors pay membership to be part of yeah. okay. Have you have you spoken to anybody at Timpsons about about sponsorship? Timpsons because you know Timpsons T- Timpsons employ a fucking high level of, of offenders. Yes. And they have looked at our program for the justice part of what what we um mm-hmm. and what they've what they said because you know this was put in front of them just before the pandemic. So you can imagine it was like, mm. no, we're not going to do anything face to face. You know, yeah. you, you put, it, put this online and then we can look at it. To do this online is going to be counterproductive. Yeah. This would not work in this. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't work for the very reasons why it works in the room. Because you are not going to get the nonverbal communication that is vital in the room with this. So how many members do you, have you got? Um, on our open platform, there is about 1,100 of the qualified, accredited professional that we've opened up to, I would say, 
this is not pay your money, just get this. There's about 100. And because we don't let everybody... <laughs> oh, okay. No, but that's that's reassuring. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's your due diligence right there. And, you know, we, we have the toughest selection process for accreditation. We're the only accreditation that everyone that applies has to go through a verbal compare review in a live call. So everywhere else across the UK, most of the world, you would send your certificate but say you're fired, you'd pay your money, you might do an essay, you might have to do a load of voluntary work beforehand to support a load of charity, and then hopefully you'll get a badge. You will not get a badge from APA, period, self So, yeah, we have divided the mental health world. A lot of professionals will not put themselves... And that's the equivalent of a sniper going on a rifle range and going, no, nah, you're not going to assess me. I'll make the bruise. Good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we know that the relationship between a client and a professional is based on three things. Trust, understanding. If those three things are not in place, you will have a negative therapy. And this is a way of going. Professionals have got to put that tub in place before they get the... I'm just so have you, have you spoke, spoke to anybody from the Armed Forces Covenant Employers Recognition Scheme? Uh, about four years ago. Oh, okay. And we were told, get yourself on the covenant. And um, then all those employers would, would know you and they'll be able to sign up. But you can't tell them about sponsorship. <laughs> it's like, hold on. Mm. The whole premise is that those employers are building bridges, but they have to put in in order to get that. Can't talk to them about sponsorship. Say that again, sorry? you got to put in to get out. Yeah. <laughs> But what the, the Covenant, you know, I mean, we're talking, you know, 2019, what the Covenant wanted to do in its push before the pandemic was just get businesses signed up and tell those businesses they don't have to do anything because being on the Covenant will do the job itself, which to me is more misrepresentation and a missed opportunity. And you've got to look at all the councils that have all signed the covenant. But when you approach them, well, we've got this veteran needs emergency housing. What are you going to do? Oh, well, um, yeah. I'm, we're in it every bloody day. Yeah. Most people that work in councils and go for doctor surgeries don't actually realise that their organisation is signed up to the covenant. Yeah, yeah they, they have no clue what it is. And, you know, the covenant would be better off taking the bit of money that it's got, putting together an infomercial. And then using its free advertising space on commercial television to put that out at half past at quarter to eight every evening. This is what the covenant means. It means boom, 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 boom. And if you wore the uniform, this is not your request. This is your entitlement. End of. And if you think that you can be a gatekeeper in one of these organisations and you can ignore this... Then we're coming for you. Accountability. And that's the thing that's been taken away. You know, I mean, our CEO, CEO, I almost got CEO. Fuck that. No way. Our, our CEO was was a was an army brat. She was she was born on base in Germany. Um, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. I re, you know, um I I love her to bits and in bit. Um but they but when when we put Bitimo together to to come on to to the accreditation community learning, 
it was her opportunity to to honor her father and it was something that you know when we've done presentation we've done video presentation explainers and everything else around bitting or everything else she is one of the biggest advocates for what this does to support families because if we don't put that support in transition becomes much much harder when you've got both parts of a family doing that. But listen to what you've said today, Dave. I mean, it, it's a fantastic thing you do. Um, but listening, I mean, you've got Rebecca sat there from SOS. Uh, you've got me and Gary there from Families for Veterans. Um, you've got the perfect opportunity to start networking with military organisations. Because, I mean, especially Rebecca and SOS could work well with your programme because they are an outreach service. Yeah. Um, you know, they can even help with, with benefits applications and everything else. And then you've got families for veterans side that we can, we can help. Um, we've just had uh, mental, NHS mental health nurses part of the crisis team uh, and everything. So we've got professionals in place that if mental health is a problem at that moment in transition, then we can help with that yeah. to then come back to you. And, and, you know, and this, this, this is why Gary want, wanted to make sure that, that I, I was around. <laughs> um, and I really do appreciate it, G, because, you know, the, the struggle, you know what the struggle is, and yeah. Rebecca will know it. The moment you mention mental to anyone that is fighting mental, they almost feel as though they haven't been able to hide it well enough. It's like, oh, shit, you can see I'm struggling. And that makes that mess. And this is why Bitty, on, on all of the literature around this is not a mention. This is a transition for families and to some make transition. That's there was, it. There was an interesting comment on, on that poll that I popped the other day. I can't remember what she put uh, It was something like when she had her breakdown, the last thing that she wanted to do was call anybody up. She yeah. didn't want to speak to anybody at all. But if there was a, a chat program, you know, this is why I had this um, meeting with Save a Warrior UK, because they're on about introducing this AI onto the system. Now, we've already got, we've got the code red button at the top on the homepage, which is the, the, the actual social media group side of things. Well, that was set up for all the counsellors, anybody that deals with mental health to actually join in there. So if anything does come up, a post can be written and somebody can pick it up immediately and chat with them privately. Well, then you've got the other side of the code red, which the telephone buttons, which is set up on every county for them that do want to actually call up and speak. I mean, yeah. it's about raising awareness. But like I said, you, you, you bang your head against the wall sometimes when it comes to veterans' mental health. Really? Yeah. And, and this, this is one of the reasons why last week we launched a campaign for a better mental response nationally anyway. Um, so very quickly, the idea is that we will adjust from the 111 system, which currently, if somebody rings, you'll get a phone call back with a set normally within a week. And they'll refer you to somebody else that you might see in about nine months time. That's the majority of mental health system 111 across the UK. At the We've designed a process where someone rings 111. And the current screening will continue. They will screen it and they will go, right, that is mental health only. It doesn't need a blue light. So what will happen is it will divert to a psychological paramedic. And that psychological paramedic will do a single intervention at that moment right there. And if they need ongoing support, then an informed referral can be made. So not only does the party, the referral party, 
that receives that referral know what's going on because currently they're but also the person that called for help will know who they're being reviewed and why. And that kicks in within 48 hours. I've actually just been through this. Um, as Gary knows, I've, I've been having a bit of a tough, tough time of it, uh, and I struggle. Um, at three o'clock in the morning, the crisis team sent a paramedic to me, a normal but standard paramedic, ambulance that had two crew and a student paramedic on they sat in my house for four hours they wasn't allowed to leave me because it was apparent mental health you know so that's four hours an ambulance team was taken off the street right uh i went through i got referred to uh, nhs mental health team. the psychiatrist told me that because i'm 50 and my service was so long ago I couldn't be suffering with PTSD because PTSD comes out within six months of a trauma. And it's bollocks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, absolute fucking... Sorry, sorry, sorry. This, this is one of the other reasons we set up Red Because, yeah. you know, if you've got all these buddy teams set up all across the UK and there's thousands and thousands of veterans that put on Facebook, everybody, buddy check, buddy check. All it needs is them to step up and say, right, Put us down for such and such a county, or we'll join the county group that I'm in. If something mm -hmm. comes up, if I've got my name down, right, I'll, I'll put me down as a first responder, whatever. All it needs is something like Craig just said then, three o'clock in the morning, right, who's in that, right, not in them, right, send them a quick message, text, right, can you go around and sit with Craig for a couple of hours, which is going to free up the paramedics to go and do the job they're supposed to be doing. And especially with the police as well. They're, they're stopping all the mental health calls now. Yeah. Please tell me, Craig, they've signposted you somewhere else. Uh, no. Um, I was supposed to have had a CPM come round to see me. She didn't turn up, so they said I'd missed an appointment and kicked me off the oh. system, so I've got to be re... Yeah. Are you I actually fucking kidding me? No. no have you got... Craig, inbox yeah. me the phone number. What phone number? Inbox me any phone numbers to contact to contact whoever's kicked you off that list. Right. Right, and I'll be I'll be phoning them Monday morning. Thank you. Woman's gone. Go, because I end up fucking crying. It fucking fumes me. It is it is such a breakdown in the understanding around the psychology, and I, I'll I don't I don't say this lightly because the figures are terrifying. Right. In 2019, NHS England's audit of 111 was was made public it's the last time it will be made public because what they discovered was there were just over 320,000 phone calls to 111 and 999 that their own screening said were mental health only right 320,000 that's works out about 860 calls a day that are just mental health so it didn't need a blue light at all there was no risk of harm itself or of those 320 plus thousand, only 1% got a callback or a successful. And it would be interesting to see the suicide rate of that 320,000. Yeah. Well, 2019 was the first year that the NHS recorded suicides or no, they recorded death while waiting for mental health. But we know we know from looking at the figures that Jeff Jeff and um Jim have posted that the coroners do not record military attributed suicide. Yeah. Like you like you said, Craig, they don't recognise that PTSD 
can you know is still relevant x amount of years after serving you know you can't possibly be diagnosed x amount of years after serving so they will not record it as military attributed suicide yeah no, they, they record it as adjustment disorder yeah and the not ptsd okay yeah. so the, the mental health sector is not in control of any of those records and I'm not trying I'm not saying that to kind of excuse the fact that that's what's there but I think it is worth knowing where those things yeah so the medical profession is advised and uses what's known as the DSM diagnostic standard manual right this is designed and put together by clinicians who are paid for by the pharmaceutical <laughs> okay this that's is that. not this is not mental health professionals going, how can we help with this situation or this situation with the pathway here? This is clinicians that are paid to make a pathway from a situation to a pharmaceutical outcome. Okay, That's where those decision-making process start. It's also worth knowing that GPs and medical students only receive four hours of mental health and psychological awareness in their standard. We know that. I mean, look, the nurses from Op Courage, we've had nurses from Op Courage ring our crisis line saying we've got a veteran here, we don't know how to deal with them. Don yeah. who's just joined the team, she actually works in the NH Trust and she's kicking up storms left, right and centre saying, why have you put this here? What good's this doing? Why have you done this? Why have you done that? You've got nurses on the NHS that don't know what they're doing when it comes to mental health, but they're part of, of courage because that's the pathway that they've been told to go down. And and this is this is where as much as APA is a private, yeah, we're a limited company. We're not a charity. And we made that decision conscious because mental health is not charity. And when we spoke to, to veterans right at the very beginning, the idea of reaching out for charity, you've really got to need it. Yeah. And if you don't, think that you really need it you won't reach out because it's a charity it's a catch 22 though Dave, because we consciously went for a not-for-profit cic we didn't want to be a charity but as we found out the reason why so many go the charity route is you can't get funding as a cic You've got yeah and this and this is why as a limited company we we focus on that membership and on that corporate engagement and local authorities using our training programs being, you know, a, a bulk revenue stream because they have a duty of care. And, you know, bear in mind, we've had, you know, three years of pandemic and pandemic recovery, right? Just as we were starting. <laughs> right? So to be able to kind of come to groups like this, and to, to meet people like Rebecca and kind of go, look, this is something different. This is something that we know has been tested effective. We know this is something that is not going to be easy to put into play. And it is going to take a lot of planning. You know, Rebecca might have three or four people that could do with going through bitty. Families for Veterans might have three or four people. But collectively, we can bring that together and go, right, let's put this on. Let's find a venue. Let's make this happen. And, and we, we can make it work because wherever that venue is, 
it's the businesses around that venue that we start to approach to say, look, sponsor a this event. You mm. don't have to pay for the whole event. Businesses won't do that anymore. You know, this is a way of getting ground support for what's going on on the ground. Just say, you know, you go to a business and say, we've got 50 seats in this event. You know, how many would you like to sponsor? And, and that's basically the way we've set up the recovery after the pandemic because the MOD basically went up your... Have you reached out to big sponsors? I mean, you know, go big or go home. Reed, Indeed, have you contacted all the big recruitment companies? Everybody is waiting for a operational live test scale. Right. And, and what they want is multiple 50 plus seat events. Well, okay, that's 25 veterans, 25 per people of significance, yeah. right? That's that's not a big audience to draw in, but it's about having the sponsors that go, that's fine, let's go for it. The domino effect, the same with us. You just need that one or two people, see what it is, yeah. understand it, realise and go, bang, yeah, right. I'm yeah. going to start spreading this about. I'm going to start spreading this. Yeah. And that's what, what's needed is the domino effect. And it's the first couple of tiles to fall. Everybody sat here uh, with Becca, Families for Veterans, Dave, all, all the organisations we run are there as early prevention. Yeah. And it is it's making the change that makes a difference, all of us. And this is everything that, that Apple works to in the world and all help. And targeting the, the veteran environment is not targeting the veteran. You know, targeting the veteran alone has not had the outcome that people want. Because it's the wives and bloody families that end up dealing with the problem. And exactly. they need to understand the triggers that are doing the veteran, basically. And this is this is really what we kind of want to get across. Yeah. So we are happy to take Bitty Mo on the road, take it to a village hall, take it to a church or wherever we can get those audiences together. We are happy to go go make sure we're in front of. Them. Well, you said you've got you've got one of your connections in Lincolnshire. Mm -hmm. You've still got six active RAF bases in Lincoln and Nottingham. Yeah. Because you can't access because they're serving. Yeah. But what I mean is, if there's a contact there, if we can do something in Lincolnshire yeah, uh, and put it on a signpost outside the, the camp gates, they can't stop us doing that. No, they can't. They'll, they'll take it down pretty damn fucking quick, though. But, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, and, and this is the thing, is, is what we've seen, you know, when we went to Catrick and we did it, um, and we had to be really, really careful about how we kind of publicly advertised around um, around Catrick. But what we saw was the families of those that were still operation were the ones that were trying to take the most amount of information. Yeah, I say it all the time. You know, you know where, and, where, and this is why we know the program works. You know, when you've got a veteran that hasn't served for over 30 years saying, I needed this then, yeah. but now I can start to recover. I mean, have, you contact, have you contacted military camps to ask about having stalls and stuff at their families days? Yeah, not. How cut? Why not? What's the, what's the bullshit reason? Bullshit reason was we're not large enough to cover all those that could possibly. Well, that's okay. Why in with Operation Code Red and the VetNet because the connections are all there. And then, and oh. this is why you know we work off of collaboration, right? Yeah. That I think in in four years we've de developed probably about 30, 33 
um, collaboration partnerships with different organizations all over the world. Um, and yeah, we, we did a presentation um, and we're at a family day at um, Lucas up in Fife um, at the airbase there. And the family support team that were there were like, yeah, this is great. This is brilliant. We can do this. We'll, we'll have you in. It was probably about five minutes after being told, yes, we can have this. We'll set up a couple of one day sessions over the next three or four months. You know, we've got deployment going, da da da, all of this amazing stuff. And then someone in uniform walks over. It's shocking the way it is. Because what what it does is highlight that what they've got in place isn't fit. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as you put something in that is fit, you've got a point of reference that highlights what isn't. Yeah. Yeah. And if no one's got a point of reference of what fit for purpose looks like, they'll just keep eating the same porridge. Yeah, but you know why? Because all these great, all these big ones that are getting the money because they're running all these transition programs and all that, because all the brigadiers and the generals and all, all the other ones, who you know, they're all sitting up there on the board of directors receiving dividends for, for the contracts they get from the MOD. And we won't do it. So... Until until any one of our organisations gets a an admiral or brigadier join, we're, we're going to struggle. And this this is and circle. Yeah, and this is why we decided we were going to stop trying to knock our heads into the wall and try and create a door. It's going to happen. Mm. But what we will do is go and build a door further down the fucking street with the corporate who are struggling to make effective recruitment. And if we can get a doorway for those veterans through effective recruitment and build the relationship with the business, then we don't need the military. We don't need the army. We don't need any of them shoving up, you know, sticks up their own asses to make themselves stand strong. Yeah, I've seen it. Because they can't. You've seen it with other organisations as well. You know, they're slagging them off left, right and centre. But as soon as they become an official part of some or other, they're getting funding, all of a sudden it's, oh, yes, look at such and such, look at such and such, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, so and, and, and this is why Bitimo works, because in essence, when we, we don't have that pissing contest behind us. Either way. Do you know what I mean? And the people that go through the programme, when they walk in and one of the first things they're told is, I do not give a shit where you served, how you served or how long you served. And if you want to present that bullshit, then step outside because you ain't ready for it. Because we also know that those credits in order to get those transition um, onto those transition programs, if someone is only done one contract, they get, I think it's the, they get the CV writing and the, um, and the list of employers. Uh, L, L, is it LCAS, is it? Or? Yeah, something, yeah, right. If they've done one contract and one day, they get a whole heap more credit. Well, I know when I left in 94, if we could do a resettlement course, which is two weeks. So I took phase three redundancy. I thought, well, I'll do my PSV license. So I got sent over to Western Superman, I think it was. Now, because... Well, they really didn't like you, did they? Uh, well, the, the stupid thing was, this is what I didn't get told either. Where I was going to work was with the, the ex-father-in-law on building, basically doing road works and everything else. So my WO2 at the time said to me, he says, right, he says, you can go and do a, a work familiarisation thing. So they're going to pay you, we'll pay you, 
I said, well, I'll do that for a week then. So it was a week's holiday, basically, because I've worked for them before in the past. And then when it came to resettlement, I said, right, I said, I'll do my PSV license, which was a two-week course. But because I'd done work experience, I was only allowed a week. So they left it to the very last day, the very last hour before they put me in for my test. And somehow it happened, truck pulled out in front of me and I went through a red light. So I failed it. But I wasn't allowed to retake it because that was my two weeks resettlement was done. So then he said to me, he says, right, don't take the full year's um, redundancy. He says, because you can take an early redundancy if you've got a job to go to. So I said, all right, then I'll, I'll take, I'll do it after six months. So I, I ended up taking early redundancy at six months. Then when I got my red book through, it says I'd served 11 years, 290 odd days. If I'd stayed on for the extra six months and take the full bloody redundancy package, I would have ended up with half pension. <laughs> yeah. And this, these are the things that when we look at what we originally wanted to do with Bitimo, you put that information into that 12 month redundant, that exit period, right? And that information, that support, that networking all comes in before you walk out the gate. That's what we wanted to do. And that's what we wanted to collaborate with the military to do. But you know, Paul is going to be, a, a, I'll send this on to Paul once I've uploaded it to you, but I'll pass it on to Paul Watson, because like I said, he's trying to do exactly the same thing, is get a transition, a full 12 months transition period set in before you leave. Well, one of the things that, and, and it might be something that kind of becomes an add-on to to working with that. Our community no, learning... Sorry, sorry, I need okay. I need to shoot because I'm I'm due out the door in like literally four minutes. So, yeah, right. Listen, I'll catch up with you, Craig. Make sure you send me that stuff. Right, we'll do that. Please, all right. All right you know where I am. Right, David. It's good to meet you, and we will definitely catch up. Yes, definitely. Right, I'll speak to you right. later, guys. Bye, right, bye, bye, bye. Um, what one of the things that the community learning platform has got is a series of programs that include a um, a 12-month partnership with hospitality and re and that builds up so all of the kind of it's almost you know it's an apprenticeship without being an apprenticeship right yeah. so it puts all of the soft skills all of the the positive psychological awareness resilience and empowerment into those working and we can do that with any employment sector and build those things in that's just part of you know what what happens at learning plan. So we can do everything from selection, induction and retention training employers. And we can take the the kind of, is it now? It's roughly about two months to go through recruitment from the time they put up a job advert, the time they actually, it's about two. We can cut that down. We can do a selection day for a company, core building block in place that are themed around do induction in 30 days to build in all of those key positive or health factors all the way through induction and then make sure that the retention so they keep that's another good link in for you would be uh the building heroes yeah i mean they, they they're dealing with the um all the building courses that are setting them up with the um mv city and guild or whatever it is these days yeah plastering Which... bricklaying painting decorating carpentry depending yeah. on but then you've got all the major house builders taylor wimpy buddy barrett's red Which rock you... And and don't don't get me wrong, for anybody that's watching this after session, all of those functionals are phenomenal, right? If you're gonna if you want to work in a in a building trade, learning how to build a wall or be a sparky or be the chippy needs to be there. Yeah. But if you can't 
positively engage with your client, you might build the best wall in the world. But if you can't a client of it when it goes wrong, you ain't going to be in a job for very long. And this is where we, that, it's that soft skill set that doesn't come into play. Because if you don't have it, you won't get a qualification. Because the colleges will go, well, no, the way you're talking, or the way you're talking to fellowship, it's not acceptable. Goodbye. Off you go. So without putting components in place, we fail. But while we keep ignoring that you are not going to make this cake without these, we're going keep, to keep failing. And, and, and that's, I really kind of hope that I've been able to, to share with you. Oh, yeah, definitely. You've been like why, why this, why this is a, a vital component to put into the mix. Yeah, yeah, he presented it very, very well, um, very clearly as well. Very, you know, I've understood everything to do, uh, uh, have done already. So, yeah, um, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, really good, mate. I think I've got a, a couple of follow-up meetings are, are due, I think, because yeah. there's, there's certain things you've mentioned on that we've sort of got in the back lines as well and that would combine each other perfectly, especially with some of the talks we've got going on with the police at the moment as well. Um, mm-hmm. There's another one from um, Ambulance Services got in touch with me today as well. So that's two massive bloody organisations that can tap into this straight away. And, and Bitimo is green light and blue light, right? right. They're work, working with people that have, have operated under blue lights is a is a major factor as well. And cool. the 115 programme that I've a little before that takes a lot of the pressure off of those blue lights so you've got a psychological paramedic and take those mental yeah. health what i didn't really if you leave the arms to join one of the blue light services your pension carries on well i didn't know that either yeah it can it, like, ca- it can yeah my, you... my mate that joined the uh fire service he had to leave the fire service when he was 51 because his potential uh pension had matured because of his joining joining the Marines, uh, that he, he then had to leave his job, and he was uh, the entire safety manager for the entire uh, Welsh fire brigades. <laughs> he loved his job. Well, and, anyway, I'm I'm gonna have to shoot off, guys. I've left my mind there long enough now. So, <laughs> bless her. Bis- biscuits and radiators. It's always good. Right. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, Dave. Um, CEO. Well, look, I, I I would really love for for you guys to to meet Siobhan, um, uh, you know, as early as we, as we can arrange it. Yeah, um, get some and, that up, drop us a line, or set up a private Zoom meet with the four of us or five of us yeah. joining again. Because I mean, she's part of this. So. Yeah, very very much. Yeah, everything that the Bitty Mo does kind of run runs right home for her. So you know, we'll, we'll set that up. We'll we'll work on the collaboration kind of make that make that work and build the link the directory of qualified therapy professionals is available to you guys you got the link earlier let's actually potentially actually set up presentation with those that have signed you so you know you've got those professionals to, to mind as and when okay okay then. right nice one we'll catch up with you soon all, all right. right take care all right. take care Dave. see you later Get Bye for now. Bye.